The sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every goal, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a game-winning goal in the final seconds of overtime or a shot on the goal in the first period. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Another team that I really wanted to wait until we had seen them in preseason was the Dallas Mavericks. And a lot of that was due to Luka Doncic. Really wanted to see what he looked like, what the reports were. And uh, joining us to talk about the Mavs uh, this offseason and everything Doncic is uh, Tim Cato of The Athletic. How are you doing, Tim? I'm good. How are you? Doing really well. I'm excited to talk Luka Doncic, especially with all the glowing reports that started to emerge about him, even in September during some of their scrimmages, Jerk was talking him up in particular. I think even Carlisle was, if I remember correctly. Um, so uh, why don't you just bring us up to date on what we've seen uh, from Doncic so far in this preseason? Yeah, obviously, you know, he's the he's been the big mystery, you know, even, even though there's more game tape of him out there than any other player, it still feels like just because, you know, we're so used to looking at college uh you know footage and college stats that that, that there is still a question of, of what really you know luca could do uh but he i think he's been great he's been great in the uh in the three preseason games one of them came against a chinese team um so you know subpar you know not nba competition but you know he's uh he's he's been effective against the you know philadelphia uh in china as well in the two preseason games you know his his jumper looks great you know that's the thing i heard um you know even in training camp that, that you know there's no concerns about his jump shot you know when when, when he gets open looks he's going to knock those down and uh you know beyond that you know he's he's somewhat sometimes going to get swallowed up by athleticism uh you know from from opposing defenses and things like that uh but you know so is everybody you know to some degree you know he's not he's not lightning quick but he's still going to get to the rim when he needs to uh his passing is you know just about as advertised you know he's probably going to be a little turnover heavy this year but you know what we're passing ball yeah and you know you mentioned that there's all this tape of him and you know <laughs> he was number one on my board number one on a lot of people's boards uh those people uh do not work for the phoenix suns or the sacramento kings or the Atlanta Hawks, apparently, but yeah. but uh, you know everyone is really high on him, and I watched a ton of tape of on him, just like everyone else, and and seen him internationally. But the reason why I was so interested to see him is, you know, I, I wanted to see like, all right, what is the treatment of him going to be on this team? Is it going to be, oh, he's so good, we're putting the ball in his hands right away, he's going to be one of our big offensive engines, or is it going to be, all right, you know, he, he's a rookie, and you know maybe he might end up having to come off the bench, or or he'll you know be more of a, a spot up guy to start off you know so what are the early returns on what his role is going to be for this team right you know I, I think he's he's right there with Dennis Smith and and you know it's been a little bit weird without Harrison Barnes uh for for the last two preseason 
preseason games. We haven't got a good sense exactly how Barnes will fit into everything. Um, I, I think this this offense, you know, there's a, there's a big emphasis on ball movement. There's a big emphasis on, uh, you know, that, that Dennis was just dribbling too much. It wasn't just Dennis, but Dennis in particular last year was, was dribbling a lot. And some of that was out of necessity. You know, adding Luca, uh, you know, just makes this team, makes this offense much more able to uh, to, to move the ball and, 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 you know, just be much more dynamic in that sense. And I think Luca's going to be a huge part of that. Uh, you know, the worst six minutes for this team was the first six minutes uh, when they kind of looked like they're passing too much, overpassing. They, you know, at one point, yeah. I think DeAndre had to take an 18 footer because, you know, they, they, <laughs> they passed up like two open threes and then, then it ended up with DeAndre and then he ended up shooting it. Obviously, that's not what you want. But uh, but, but beyond that, you know, I, I think this team is, is going to be much, much better offensively. And, and I think that's that's going to be, uh, you know, probably the, their biggest jump uh, in, in a lot of ways. Yeah. And to finish up uh, on Doncic, I mean, just uh, is the, the I know they've raved a lot about his passing out of the pick and roll, his ability to find shooters. Uh, one of the issues was, well, how is he going to hold up defensively? So how has he looked on that end early on here? He's He's been fine. You know, I, I think that he's he's not going to be a, you know. But fine is a lot better than I expected. <laughs> right, right, right. You know, it, it's, I, I think he's strong enough. Like, he, they basically have him guarding power forwards out there um, defensively. And, and, you know, I, I think that's probably the best case scenario for him. You don't want him downshifting too much. Um, and, and like I said, he's going to be below average. Of, of course he is. But, you know, I, I think all things considered, he has some, uh, he has some instincts that I wasn't impressed, uh, that I wasn't expecting. You know, at one point he was, he was playing, uh, I think he was playing four and, and Maxi Kleber was playing uh, five and uh, in, in uh, Luca actually shifted over for a weak side block, uh, you know, on a, on a big man, you know, on a, on a big man, on an NBA big man. I'm, I'm blanking on the guy, but whoever's with the, uh, with the Beijing Ducks, uh, one of those former, the, the former Miami Heat uh, shooter, you know, back Justin center, Hamilton, uh, Hamilton. Yeah. Justin yeah. Hamilton and Hamilton, you know, like he's, he's played against NBA shot blockers. And I assume that he just didn't think Luca was going to come over and block a shot and then put up a kind of easy attempt. But Luca had the timing and the instinct to co- go do that. I think he had three blocks in that game overall. Um, again, you know, not, not NBA players, but, but I think overall he has enough instincts that, that he won't, you know, always be, you know, just lost out there. You know, I think, I think he'll be okay. What are they doing defensively with him? I know he's at the four, but you know, have they been doing a lot of switching? I know DeAndre missed the China trip for uh, personal reasons, uh, or at least the China games for personal reasons. Um, you know, so they've been starting Dwight Powell and Kleba have been the, the centers, but they've been switching. They've been going more of a conventional style. And uh, you know, how is Luca held up in the context of what they're doing scheme wise? In, in the past two games, with with a couple starters missing, and, and DeAndre who had a death in the family, and, and Harrison Barnes who has a hamstring strain, uh, they played pretty conventionally. In the first game, they did try switching a little bit at media day. Rick talked about Rick Carlisle talked about how they're going to switch uh, more than they have in, in the past years. Um, it, it looked pretty messy in the first game, but I think that's you know to to be expected. You know, for for a team that wasn't switch heavy last year, um, I think that starting five they have is pretty fair you know it's fairly switchable deandre and then luca are probably the two weak links but you know they're, they're both you know decent sized and, and not totally immobile um you know i think i think if forever if you get dwight powell or, or especially maxi uh into that starting five uh, you know or you know subbing in once once deandre comes out or something like that i think that's that unit's almost completely switchable um you know not 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 to the level that you know a team like houston is or, or something like that but you know I, I think that they they have the ability to do it to some extent um but overall i don't I don't think you know they're, they're, it's not going to be a, a major part of their offense in, in the way that uh you know other other defenses can't do that uh sorry major part of their defense in the same way that some other teams are doing that um you know it's it's going to be something they break out here and there but I think more late shot clock and in, in situation that so you mentioned the injuries Dirk 
is it still accurate to say he's probably not on track to start the season he's he's probably a few weeks out now so so i I'd wow. say you know maybe even into november uh you know hopefully late october but uh probably probably november i'd guess well what's the story there i i know he had dealt with some ankle problems but he had surgery after the season that was uh you know of course everyone deemed it minor that was the party line at the time of course this is the the same organization that did a meniscus repair on chandler parsons and said he was going to be back in like four weeks or something so you know <laughs> you, you don't know how straight they're gonna be but i mean it, it was it just he's old and he can't get back or do you think there, it was more severe than you know they let on at the time at, at one point dirk said that he suffered a setback um the, the way yeah. he described it sounded more like he got on the court and then you know it's not like anything happened but he just like i think he i think he actually played some uh you know some pickups some full court and uh he just had more swelling and, and it's just it's not there yet and i think you know that's i guess when i get to be 40 you know that's that's something to watch out for so you know i i don't think it's anything specific or or specifically like another injury happening i think it's just that it's really hard to recover from you know a surgery like this when when you're the age that he is yeah i mean and there's the initial underlying problem where he probably was getting swelling last year as well maybe you know the mm-hmm. the extent to which that could fit be fixed and it's always difficult too when coming back from a surgery it, it seems very intractable when you know you just okay i started trying to ramp up my activity and i got swelling so what do you do now do you just you got to just like take some time off and rehab it more but then when you ramp up your activity again there's no guarantee that all right now you've done enough rehab and you're not going to experience that swelling or you know if you push too hard early is that going to give you a setback i mean it's really difficult to deal with these kind of chronic injuries when you just get swelling kind of for and don't exactly know why after a surgery when you're trying to get back right i think that's a really good really good point um i if the, if there's anything to be optimistic about it, it is that that he did go with the team to china you know they, they did deem that he was healthy enough and that it wouldn't affect his rehab uh for him to you know fly 15 16 hours you know twice in, in the span of a week um but but yeah like you but again like yeah you said, and, and the know, nba would have put a gun to their head and told them they had to go regardless <laughs> Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. I'm sure that was the biggest reason. But you know, obviously, if if you know, they they severely thought that it would impact him. You know, maybe yeah. they could have uh, could have uh, bribed them into to pulling him back. Uh, but yeah, he played 77 games last year, which is still shocking. You know, he played a, just a massive number yeah. of games as after dealing with some injuries in the in the seasons before that. He was a, a big part of their team and, and is still a big part of that bench. So you well, know, they, and, they do need him back. And surprising that you know, if this surgery was uh, you know down the road for him, that they wouldn't have shut him down earlier considering uh their tanking aspirations uh down the end of last year um so i i was uh wanted to talk about Barnes too you know Rick Carlisle seemed to express some frustration early in camp with uh questions uh, about Barnes uh, any chance he's ready to start the season or are they uh gonna really have to take it slower with him too with that hamstring I was I was just at practice and the the word is that that he needs significant practice time uh before he can come back um and he has not had that um I, I would be pretty surprised to see him out there against Phoenix I think he's he's gonna be back quicker than than Dirk um you know the only the only scary thing was was Carlisle's exact wording that he said he'd be out I think a while or a good I, I don't I was like the exact wording made you think that you know maybe maybe this was a longer injury but everybody I've talked to you know everybody kind of seems surprised that Dirk or sorry that that Rick phrased it exactly like that um so so I think that you know I, I think the worst case scenario he maybe misses a couple weeks into the season and, and he's back you know within five or six games uh but hamstrings are weird and you want to be careful because if you come back too soon and tweak it again that's going to linger entire season so it's definitely a, an injury that you want to be cautious yeah ham- hamstrings and calves uh, those those are the two on that for sure uh and 
how do you see the offense shaking out i mean it looks like the starters are going to be smith Doncic, west matthews barnes and then deandre that's three relatively high usage guys who you know have worked with the ball in their hands in their most recent roles in Doncic, smith and barnes do you think they're going to run as much of that kind of you know one four one three pick and roll with Barnes try to get him the mismatch ISO uh, at the elbow or is he going to move more into the role maybe where we saw him in Golden State I, I think Harrison Barnes more being that that fourth year Golden State player is, is a lot closer to what he's going to be uh Rick Carlo has essentially already said that he's not going to lead this team in scoring or, or at, the, at the minimum he's going to you know not score as much the idea is that they oh, yeah. he, he specifically more, uh, said that uh, that's uh, uh he, he essentially essentially yeah if you're reading between the yeah. lines i think the quote was something to, to do with um you know the, we're not really thinking he doesn't want to talk about scoring averages he's been big about that he's like you know, <laughs> it's, it's going to be a very it's going to be a very evenly you know scoring team there's going to be you know my, my guess is dennis and harrison barnes will both be within a point of each other uh scoring average wise and uh yeah i think i think another quote that, that kind of stuck out to me was that a uh that an iso dribble heavy offense is a ticket to death ticket to death was uh was rick's words for that so uh that's that's pretty strong and and it's definitely he's been changing you know it's, it's definitely been a uh a different offense that we've seen so far in the preseason and um you know even to the point that uh i i you know this is hardly a report but uh you know in, in a story in one of my athletic stories uh leading up to this i wrote about how the team's using uh dribble limits so you know they get three or four dribbles in in you know five on five action and things like that during training camp and then after that they have to pass and then you know that was in in large part installed uh, you know for dennis but you know also for everyone just to kind of ingrain a quick ball movement style uh that's going to hopefully you know get the team a lot more open shots because there was there was too much harrison barnes isolation and you know even late shot late clock uh dennis smith you know just have to do something uh last season and that that really dragged the team down yeah (laughs) yeah it's it's interesting i mean you know if teams are going to be switching against them which with all these like-sized guys in the perimeter but maybe no one guy perhaps smith can become that in time but no one guy who's just gonna like blow by you and kill you in an iso necessarily it'd be interesting to see if they can keep that up if teams start switching them and they have to do more in terms of isolation but you mentioned the the offense and kind of like a half court pace where they're moving the ball more quickly which they really have gotten away from in the you know the flow offense for Raquel we haven't seen as much of that recently when you know they've done a lot more kind of just hunt the isolation because they just haven't had the offensive talent um but do you see them doing more in transition? That's been something that this team has done absolutely none of the last few years. That's that's been another emphasis, and I, I do expect the pace to increase. Uh, you know, they're I, I don't have the I think they're twenty seventh last year somewhere around there. They're they're really really slow, and the bench is still going to be slow. You know, there's nothing you can really do to stop that when you have Berea and Devin Harris, and and you know eventually Dirk. Uh, but but I think this starting five has a lot more opportunity. That uh you know they, they've been talking to Dennis about making sure that he gets up the floor if, if somebody else is rebounding or, or Luca gets up the floor you know there's definitely gonna be some Luca grabbing goes that's just gonna facilitate that more often and DeAndre is a, a pretty decent uh transition player a lot better than the bigs uh that the the Mavericks had last season so I, I yeah. do think that and, and he'll defensive rebound too like I mean yeah. defensive oh, rebounding yeah, yeah, was yeah. something they haven't been great at uh with some yeah. of the, you don't the weaknesses they've had at center yeah right right yeah so so they're gonna be faster for, no doubt um yeah I, I mean this is a, a stat that our uh intern Liam Doyle 
oil pulled uh, this is from cleaning the glass that basically last year they got no easy basket so you mentioned they're 27th in pace uh but they were last in the nba in points added in transition uh last in the nba in percentage of shots taken at the rim last in the nba in offensive rebound percentage 28th in free throw rate and so in the half court they were actually 12th but had 24th in overall offensive rating because uh they're not getting offensive rebounds and they're not getting anything at all in transition i don't expect the offensive rebounds to change a ton i mean i think deandre will try a little bit but you know carlisle just doesn't really go after that kind of stuff and you know maybe they won't be last but deandre isn't quite the force he was there but yeah i mean if they can get more in transition they have the personnel to do that now you know i think that could really transform uh what was a pretty bad offense a year ago yeah it was just it was a glaring absence last season and it's just you know they they had dennis who is you know obviously you know so athletic but he was so often you know coming back to the ball and, and you know having you know just not you know it wasn't really a situation where he could leak out you know even if he did there wasn't really anybody to outlet it to him so yeah it's it's going to be a massive difference you know harrison barnes is not a uh transition player at all i think famously I, I think he had zero transition dunks his last season at golden state um and uh so so he's he's not really a factor there but, but between luca and deandre and dennis you know that threesome you know i, I think should allow for a lot a lot easier points and, and that should be a huge help for this team like, like you said it just wasn't something they did last season that's it that, it's funny you said famously about that stat with barnes i actually had not heard that uh which <laughs> but yeah i mean he, you know he he's one of those guys kind of in an andrew wiggins mold who's like really athletic but doesn't really do all the athletic stuff although you know barnes is much right. better defensively i think that, than wiggins uh, and you know has the ability to hold up in the post a little bigger body but yeah i mean it, it's you know so maybe it's barnes and it's west matthews shooting a lot of trail threes I and mean, you you do kind of need that third guy you know matthews is not really that guy either to get out in transition but we haven't seen a ton of barnes yet uh i saw mcmahon the other day was talking up uh dorian finney smith are, are you on board with that train i know he's been starting in the preseason yeah, I mean, the Mavericks have been talking him up for, you know, three years now. He played a lot of his rookie yeah. season. He was hurt almost all of last year. Um, he does shoot really well in practice. That's something McMahon, uh, you know, said. And I've also heard from, from people that, you know, his practice number is always like third or fourth best. Um, and, and he does, um, you know, he does seem healthy. He does seem a little more confident with that jumper. Um, and if he can shoot, you know, even 34, 35%, I think he's a pretty solid player, you know, with, with his defense. Um, one weird thing, he actually does offensive rebound really well, something that Greg yeah. often notes. Uh, so maybe that's that's a way to get a few more easy buckets if he's on the court. So you know, I I, th- I think that I'm I'm in on him. You know, I've been going back and forth. You know, it's it seems weird. You know, I, I think a lot of people thought last year was going to be his breakout year, and then injuries you know kind of derailed that. But even before that, he wasn't he was great. But I, I think I think this year that I, I think he should at least be a decent rotation player, and I think that's that's a pretty big step up from you know where the where the Dallas Wings have been in the past few years. Yeah, because one thing that they really struggle with is just I mean, now Dennis Smith is athletic you know Doncic has his own type of athleticism Barnes you know can jump if you just like put him in an empty gym but they don't really have guys who play with force and who are athletic on this team and who play hard I mean who who are the people you could look at on this team in the last couple of years were like oh man that guy is just like out efforting everybody maybe Kleba would be a guy like that and I actually like Kleba I think more than a lot of people do um but so if they can get that out of Finney Smith uh you know I I think that can be 
an important role to fill on this team because they don't really have other guys who play like that right De- deandre of course is, is the other guy who's going to be that for them but yeah over the past two years there's not really many players you can point if, if any players you can point to who, who really do that so hopefully finney smith can can be that type of player for him for for the mavericks because you know he is uh they, they keep they keep hyping it up hyping him up so you know eventually you know i, I think that uh you know for his sake i hope he breaks through all right we got much more here with with tim cato uh right after this you must love hoops if you're enjoying another great episode of Dunked On. The Locked On Podcast Network has more hoops for you. Locked On has a podcast on every NBA team. If you're a Lakers fan, a Bucks fan, a Celtics fan, or a Mavericks fan, the Locked On Podcast Network has a daily podcast on your favorite team. All 30 NBA teams have a daily podcast at Locked On. Search on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts for Locked On, your favorite team. Or tell your smart speaker to play podcast, Locked On, your favorite team. Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. So let's talk about DeAndre Jordan now. Uh, much less ballyhooed than his last free agency, uh, of course. Uh, but but he's also, you know, at least to my mind, not quite the same player that, that he was uh, three years ago, where I think, you know, he wasn't making a great defense by himself, but he was... Uh, helping the Clippers to a good defense. They were not a good defense last year. I think that he slipped to quite a degree because, you know, he was very reliant on athleticism. He's in, I think, his early 30s now. Uh, I can't remember whether he's he's 31 or 30, but uh, for this season. But, you know, what kind of performance are they expecting out of him? Because, I mean, they signed him. They paid him $22 or whatever. You know, it seems like they kind of think that he is the same guy that he was. uh, But, and, you know, we haven't seen him at all in previous season either but how do you think he's going to fit in to what they're trying to do right now they they do think and deandre has even said this to a degree that that he's going to bounce back somewhat defensively i, I think that you know look at it look at his block percentage i think it kind of plummeted uh i, I think it was, it was half i think he went from like 2.4 to 1.2 if i'm not mistaken he's been you know a few seasons before that he was in fours uh which is which is obviously a really good rate uh for him to be at i, I think some of that last season was just the weird clippers you know lineups that were thrown around him uh you know he wasn't and always engaged uh something that he he said to a degree yeah wow i didn't realize he was that bad he, he's 0.9 0.9 blocks per game last year yeah it plummeted that's um but really low i, I do think that's going to bounce back uh you know in, in the maverick system I, I think that they you know it's, it's one of the reasons why dirk has to go to the bench you know when when healthy because you know if if you started dirk and, and deandre together it would be a lot of a lot more of deandre on the perimeter and it, that's obviously not at all where you want him so you know i, I think that he will be better defensively I, I i agree that he's not the same player i don't think that he's you know going to be the anchor uh like he was you know to a degree with with the clipper teams that were always really good defensively you know you know however much of the, that was deandre you know certainly he had a big role in that um but but he should be better uh the team definitely should be better they, they haven't had a a rim uh you know a rim protector really at all uh outside of someone like sala Mejri, you know who's a extremely limited uh, uh backup so you know I, I think that's that's gonna help you know the, the the team got in their preseason games they got bullied by joel Embiid. i think just having another big physical body uh you know you know in the middle is, is going to be a, a nice addition you know he's probably the best center the team has had uh since 2011 tyson chandler maybe 2014 yeah. tyson chandler depending on how much you know uh how, how good that tyson was he was all right um you know norland's noel obviously was thought to be the guy um and, and for you know one third of an end of a season after trading for him he was pretty solid but last season that that blew up in maverick's face in, in a major way and in Nerland's face turning down 70 million dollars um <laughs> but but yeah no so so it should it should be a good two 
decent season for DeAndre, and I think the Mavericks are kind of kind of expecting that. And DeAndre thinks there's a little bit more he can do than, than was apparent last year. Yeah, it's funny actually. Kevin Arnovitz, I think it was Arnovitz, called him a one-way center, uh, with the one-way being offense, I believe. And and that's one right. thing where you know he's still he's not quite the like absolute soul crusher on those alley-oops that he was a, a few years ago but you know he's got plenty of gravity still and he's got the reputation as well to suck in the defense on the backside and you know that Doncic in particular is going to be excellent at finding him and, and he's that's going to be a dream come through for him because you know in Europe they don't have guys like that who can just go up and get the ball way above the rim uh, uh, on some of those alley-oops and, and we mentioned the the rebounding DeAndre was at least for his own rebounding very effective last year although some of the lineups that he played with played into these stats but led the nba 37.6 defensive rebounding percentage last year 26.5 percent total rebounds and actually 15 percent offensive rebounds which was higher than i had recalled that was close to a career high for him so maybe if if he could perform at that type of level again you know they won't be worst in the nba in offensive rebounds and then also deserves just a ton of credit i mean think of how much it must take to be the terrible 40% free throw shooter that he was for his entire career. And then to finally break out, I should say, to 58% where, you know, <laughs> that's high enough where you're not going to get intentionally fouled anymore uh, in, you know, this is like his 10th season. I mean, that takes like a lot of work and mental fortitude. Hopefully he doesn't regress. You know, Shaq had one year where he got to 62% and then he regressed, but uh, he deserves a ton of credit for working on it uh, to that level. Uh, and of course, his free throw attempts, declined because he wasn't getting intentionally fouled as much but uh that's still very impressive for him to get up to 58 percent after all these years of being mired you know as one of the worst free throw shooters in nba history right and, and especially in a in a season where you know blake griffin was traded halfway through and chris ball departed and, and you would even think that maybe he would have a reason to not be mentally engaged and, and clearly at least in that one facet he was um so yeah i, I would i would hope i would think that you know it, that he's a, at a similar similar level this year you know whatever whatever he did to break through you know i, I don't see any reason as of right now to, to think that it's going to decline dennis smith is the other guy he's kind of lost a little bit in the Doncic hype he had you know about the rookie year that i was expecting where he, he showed some flashes but the shot selection was really bad really you know would you agree with me that he was not conducive at all to winning basketball games last year that he was no, a negative no. player yeah he was he was a bad basketball player he's with with flashes and i think mavs fans are right to be optimistic for him but yeah he was a bad basketball player last year. well so so what was it in, in your opinion that really you know needed to improve to where you know he can actually start to play some i mean, I mean you know it's kind of two questions one is uh, that are related but not necessarily the same one one is you know what's his long-term upside but two is you know how can he just improve enough to be actually a positive player like uh, with some of the smaller things that he has to work on right right you know you know i, I think he figured out some of it as he went along he, he had a lot of instances early in the season where he went into defenses didn't get fouled you know had, had a lot lot of block shots early on you know he might have even shied away from contact a little bit because of that to to end the season so you know the biggest thing is that that he needs to improve his uh his, his foul rate you know he needs to figure out how to get to the line more often than he did on, on these drives because he's obviously a very explosive player he can get to the rim rather easily but but just finishing around it that's that's going to be a huge thing yeah 2.8 free throw attempts for layups. awful well yeah, and that, that, that just won't cut it and i think one of the the things that's underrated 
underrated about finishing too is uh you know getting fouled really helps your stats with finishing because you think about all right you know you go in for what would be a tough layup if you can get to the foul line that eliminates a missed layup and makes it free throws instead probably you know so it's uh a lot of these guys who are really bad finishers also never get to the foul line and so if you get better at getting to the foul line you're eliminating a bunch of missed layups and and you're helping your efficiency there too so that you know getting to the foul line isn't just okay we're replacing just some random shot with getting to the free throw line it's you know what you're replacing what probably is going to be a miss and, and a miss around the rim which of course is very damaging to your transition defense Oh yeah, those those goes those go hand in hand, and I think that you know he he had you know he has a bag of tricks. He can he can finish layups. He's no Kyrie or anything like that, but you know he's not a bad finisher. Uh, and I think a lot of his a lot of the reasons the stat, stats look bad is because he just didn't get to the line over and over again. And so he was throwing up these these wild uh, misses and and you know just kind of hitting the floor, but but not not being rewarded for it. So I think that's a huge thing. The other big thing is that you know in some cases he was just left on an island. That especially in that starting five that the, that the team used most of the year, or like the, the I think they used it about 30 games but but the lineup that was used the most was uh dennis smith Wes matthews harrison barnes maxi Kleber, and uh dirk Nowitzki. and of that you know only dennis is really capable with the ball in his hands to create things um and consistently you know they they would run pick and rolls over and over and over again they would try to get that that barnes isolation matchup uh, or mismatch uh sometimes they'd get it to dirk uh but that lineup was just not effective and, and a lot of it fell on dennis you know just being asked to do too much and, and with a with another ball handler in the lineup uh with luca uh, in a, a much more ball movement friendly offense that the team's going for. You know, I, I think that if he, if he can play off the ball, and he's a decent off ball player, he had about 37, 38% on a spot up three pointers last season, you know, which is a respectable number. Uh, it's, the problem was he just took a lot more pull ups than that. You know, if, if he can play off the ball and he can cut and, and he can really turn into an effective player, uh, you know, without, you know, when Luca is is running offense, you know, I, I think that's going to be huge. And I think that just kind of changes the type of player he is, kind of changes the, the context around him and allows his, you know, what, what he can do well to shine better and I, I think that's that's kind of the key for him this season the big question yeah and you know you mentioned that he was put in a difficult role some of it was his own choosing taking maybe some bad pull-up shots yeah, sure. uh, early uh but yeah the hope is that he won't need to take as many of those and that the ones that he does take it can be better looks uh and then defensively certainly the numbers on that were atrocious the effort w- was not amazing you know every once in a while he'll get steals he'll get after a loose ball really quickly but i think there's a lot of room for growth there uh to, to put it charitably on the defensive end oh yeah he he can be he can be much better on that end and maybe maybe taking the ball out of his hands on a on a team that's going to win more games will help him out there yeah it's, and it's not like they were trying to win it down the end of last season either so uh you know i think uh, the next place I want to go here is just talking about some of the rotation decisions that Rick Carlisle is going to have to make. I mean, we talked about what the likely starting lineup is. Dirk, when he gets back, I mean, I guess, is he just going to be the backup center, you think? Uh, essentially, yeah. I think it needs to be him or DeAndre on the floor most of the time. And so the other thing that I noted here with Barnes's injury is, you know, they really have one other wing on this team who's not a projected starter, and that's Vinny so if he starts Barnes is out and they really don't have any kind of established wings off the bench on this team and they got Ryan Brokoff who you know I think could fill a role on this team is is he going to make the team 
did they like? Oh, yeah, I forgot yeah. what they give. Yeah, he'll be yeah, a they, shooter off the bench. They like him. Yeah, yeah, they like him. He's a you know six year European guy or something like that. I think he's going to be maybe a little bit like a Alex Abrines in the sense that he yeah. can come over and be a decent player, but he's not going to be a full time rotation player. Yeah, I mean his, his shooting numbers uh, from Europe are are just ridiculous. Um, but yeah, I mean, and they could use one guy like that who really is just like an absolute knockdown guy on this team, and and Carlisle certainly pretty is light on shooting overall. Yeah, a lot of yeah. good shooters, not a lot of great shooters. Yeah. So uh, how do you see the backup big rotation working out when Nowitzki is healthy? Because they still have Dwight Powell as well. They've got Kleba. They have Mejri, who's actually been effective for them at times as well. Right. Kleba, I think, is the big question. We can circle back around to him. I, I think that Dirk and Dwight Powell is actually a, a really effective uh, two-man unit in, in the sense that Dirk is a, uh, you know, plays five defensively. You know, put him, you, you station him at the rim and just tell him to do the best he can. Uh, and Dwight Powell's <laughs> mobile. I, I wouldn't call him a, a like a you know just a switch monster but but he can he can guard those those long you know those shooting uh fours you know things like that he's he's adequate there um and then uh you know on offense you kind of flip the roles uh dirks the spacer dwight powell was a uh at least according to synergy he was a 96th percentile role man last year he was very very good in that part uh so so you know he's he allows you especially if you're you know when you're playing deandre and him uh you can have a you know essentially an elite role man on the floor at all times somebody who really does pull gravity so you know i think this team is going to shoot a lot of three-pointers because you know those two people are going to suck defenses in over and over and over again um and and also because the team you know like i said they have good shooting they, they don't have any you know they don't have any steps they don't have any clays they don't have any players that you just can't um so you know i, I think that's that's going to be be the outcome of a lot of those offensive lineups um kleber is is interesting uh he's been sensational you know he's been really good in, in preseason sensational is probably a, a bit strong but but he's been you yeah. know relative to expectations yeah yeah exactly exactly so you know he's he's been uh he's been solid he's been hitting his threes a little bit uh he is actually very good on switches something that anytime i talk about him with anyone on the mavericks they they tell me about he's also a shot blocker um so he's really a perfect modern big man in the sense that you know he plays center he can block shots he's he can hit threes uh he can switch on the perimeter and uh you know i, I don't know if he's quite surpassed uh dwight powell in the rotation or will this season uh but but i do think he's going to push for some of his minutes and just kind of force his way in there and I think early on when Dirk is injured, that's a, that's a very easy fix. Just put Maxi in where where Dirk would be playing. But overall, I, I wonder that you know if if this team is fully healthy, if Maxi still doesn't you know try to get in there somewhere, just because he's been a really effective player, and you know I, I think that he's he's going to be he's going to be solid. Yeah, he's an interesting restricted free agent uh, this offseason. They only signed him to uh, a two year deal. Um, you, you know, I think whether to go with him or Paul, I mean, he's probably better. Would you say he's better defensively than Paul? Uh, yeah, he's definitely Lebo. better. Defensively. Yeah. It's just, yeah, it's just that Powell is, is so good rolling to the rim that, no, I think he still may have the edge there. Yeah, I mean, I remember a, a, a game that I went to in Golden State last year. Kleber actually guarded Kevin Durant and, you know, didn't totally embarrass himself. Uh, you know, I think Barnes might have been out that game. It might have been a game where they're just like, hey, we're just going to totally, whether there's real injuries or not, we're just going to kind of let the young guys play because we're not going to win this one anyway type of thing. Um, right. But yeah, so so I like him. I mean, I, I think the next place to go, do you see the start? being the crunch time lineup for this team um or is there someone else who could break into that you know assuming that they're all healthy of course I, th- I think that's the best five to finish with uh you know 95 percent of the time I think that because it's Carlisle I think JJ Brea probably gets a closing game or two when he when he's really going well because Carlisle just yeah. can't ever get away from him uh, over I, I don't Smith know really. oh uh yeah over over him maybe maybe in one situation you sit down DeAndre uh you know if, if it's a smaller team
team. You know, maybe you sit down Wes Matthews. Uh, you know, certainly in the early going, Finney Smith is the obvious candidate that that Brea close over. Um, but but in general, yeah, I think the the starting five when healthy is, is going to be the starting five or the close five as well. How good is Wes Matthews at, at this point? I think he's he's been a little bit of an enigma, just lost in Dallas as they've been out of the playoff picture. He signed that big contract there. You know, he's continued to shoot it well on threes. He has the reputation of being a solid defender, playing hard, but you know seems to have really lost whatever athleticism he had going to the rim pre Achilles. Uh, but you know, where is he uh, as a player? I mean, this is going to be his age thirty two uh, season this year. Is he still a you know? A starting quality player or, or do you think maybe this is the year that he takes a step back and, and isn't quite at that level yeah those those post achilles stories are always just so sad you know uh I, I think there's a there's a possibility this is his best year in dallas only because you know he should be in the the best role for him yet where he really only has to focus on three and d but but his defense has really fallen off um you know i, I think some of his advanced stats put him in like the the bottom third of the league i think that's more a product of the fact that he was in a bad starting five and he was often guarding you know the, the very best players um but but that said you know he's he's still physical but but he doesn't have the foot speed uh that he, that he once did you know i, I think that the, the team tried to trade him last last uh, over the summer you know he was he was initially going to be in a deal that swapped him for deandre jordan uh some i heard various reasons why that ended up falling through that that i, that I can't quite say yet since I, I didn't didn't ever hear it from enough people but uh but yeah uh he's, he's still on the team it, it's possible if the team isn't going anywhere that he could be a trade deadline candidate uh that they could they could ship him out then uh they they do see him as relatively expendable but but because they don't have any other wings on the roster obviously he does fill that role he will shoot a bunch of threes for them and hit them at a decent clip you know if he could push for 40 percent this year i think he was at 38 last year which is pretty solid you know very solid for his volume if he could push be around there or maybe push a little bit higher i think that would be a real asset for this team that's going to have a lot of threes uh but yeah no defensively he is uh you know he, he still has that reputation maybe to a degree I, I don't think that he's anywhere close to to where that reputation was or or even where he once was you know as, as a portland player you know pre back when he was totally healthy so you know he uh he's a good locker room guy you know there's a lot of good things to say about him but but i don't see him as anything other than a, a kind of an expiring contract you know dallas is going to be looking to replace next year just because he can't quite do what at, at the level they need him to fit. yeah i mean and that's expected for a guy who with his pedigree is getting into his early 30s like usually those type of wings don't age incredibly well but especially ones with that big injury in the past um i, I guess we didn't talk about the backup guard rotation at all you mentioned Berea do you think we're gonna see those two point guard lineups again this year at all or is is that a thing of the past now with Doncic in the fold it's it's still gonna happen it's, it's definitely still gonna happen uh here and there um Brea was Brea had a career year last year he was he was actually legitimately very good you know he's shooting the three-point three-pointer better than he ever has and he's just so you know he just knows how to run pick and rolls whether it's with Dirk you know he, he has like this magical chemistry with Dirk that may be better than anybody else in the league it's, it's truly sensational how how good they are uh but but he's great at at you know kind of uh knowing when to either you know shoot up a floater or, or toss the lob or hook pass it back to a to a shooter behind him when when he's got like Dwight Powell or or now DeAndre Jordan rolling to the rim with him you know I still think he's actually a really effective player you know obviously defensive defensive limitations aside you know I, I like Berea as as the third ball handler on this team um you know kind of filling in here and there when Luca and Dennis you know just kind of, be, kind of being the veteran presence you know handling the ball when when Luca and Dennis you know look a little younger and, and you know just are struggling to to figure things out so uh beyond that uh Devin Harris is still on the team he's he's decent you know he's he's, he's a decent shooter these days 
you know, he's he's not going to hit over 35%, but, uh, you know, you put him in a spot-up opportunity and he'll be okay. Um, other than that, you know, no, nothing spectacular, but but he's, he's uh, you know, for a, for a bench guard, he's not killing you. And I think uh, Jalen Brunson will factor in a little bit here and there, uh, just mostly because the, the two people ahead of him are, are, you know, both 30, 33, and 34, uh, somewhere around there. And, and so they want they want to get Brunson some minutes, even if it's just to limit the workload on, on a couple of veteran guards that are ahead of him. We don't have to spend too much time on this, but how has Brunson looked at in the preseason? I thought he had just a miserable summer league. I, I thought his summer league, he actually got to the right spots and, and did the right things and just could not get a basket to save his life, um, which in you know which made it pretty miserable. But but overall, I, I didn't think it was quite as bad. And I think in preseason, he's been a bit better um, where you know he's still going to have some ways to go. Uh, but he's finally hitting shots again and he looks really sharp with his passing, you know, both, both you know, doing some flashy stuff, but also, you know, uh, just making the right plays and the right reads. So, you know, he's not going to be a rotation player or anywhere near that. It doesn't seem like he's closing games, you know, in, in preseason. You know, he's, he's one of the last guys on the board, which is never never a sign that you're going to be a rotation guy or anything like that. But but I think he's been fine. And, and you know, in the long term, he's kind of their J.J. Brand. Yeah, a, a reason for optimism maybe is that when you're a smart player, it's kind of limited how much you can take advantage of that in summer league when you're just you're not playing within a system. There's not the same level of spacing. You don't have the familiarity with your teammates the way you would in an NBA regular season, although certainly there was not a lot to be encouraged about there. Uh, all right, what do you see as the uh, big strengths of this squad? You know, I, I think that this ball movement offense is is going to be successful overall. You know, I think that they're going to get you know shots that they like most possessions down the court. I, I think having two two uh, two role men who are, are really solid who can really you know pull defenses with their gravity, um, and then having two you know really strong ball handlers and, and you know creative uh, people you know in the starting five with Luca and Dennis and you know obviously Berea off the bench is, is decent at that too. You know, I think the combination of all that stuff is going to lead this offense to be you know solid. I, I'm not saying that they're going to push for the top 10 in the league or anything like that but last season the offense was a slog over and over again and i think this year they're, they're going to get shots that they like um whether they have the shooting to to knock down enough of them um I, I think is probably the biggest question and i may be getting ahead of myself a little bit here uh but but i think that the offense will at least generate good action and i think that's a that's a good thing if, if you watch this team the past few years it was tough it was it was real tough to watch sometimes and and so i, I like that that at least that they're going to have you know the, the ability to um you know get looks that they're they're yeah i i think that's an interesting one uh, another one i mean it, you might say just given the personnel is transition although i still have a little bit of skepticism given in how incredibly slowly they played and and, and i think i totally agree with you on, on the threes i mean they actually were third in the nba last year in three-point attempt rate 38 percent of their shots came from downtown but a lot of those were well we've got guys who can kind of heave it up from out here and we don't have anyone to get to the rim so we might as well take this three it seemed like uh right. so one thing it was a question to me why they didn't consider bringing back seth curry i think he would have made a lot of sense on this team you know but they just didn't like him enough is essentially the reason I, I I was given for why they didn't really pursue him. Yeah, and it's always tough too, especially when you go through not only an entire miss season, but an entire miss season with the kind of mystery and like starts and stops that he had. I think you can just get an organizational fatigue from something like that. Sure. And like, okay, for we're sure. not gonna rely on this guy. Let's let's make him someone else's problem. Um so one the one thing that you could look at in their statistical resume that was really elite last year was not turning the ball over third in the 
NBA uh, turning it over on only 11.6% of their possessions. I'm imagining if they're going to run more, if they're going to put the ball in the hands of Doncic more, uh, who's a rookie and, and was a high turnover player, as I recall, in Europe as well. Uh, if they're going to take the shackles off uh, there, that, that turnover rate's going to go up a little bit. Uh, do you think they can still maintain a solid turnover rate? I mean, I think the bench, you know, Dirk, like that'll be good. But you wonder whether, you know, and transition plays just in general are higher turnover plays. So you could see that go down a little bit. But I, you imagine under Carlisle still be a strength, I think. Yeah, I, I think so. You know, I, I think Carlisle's always, you know, really demanded. You know, it's it's one reason why he loves veterans so much. And, you know, he just he just knows they know what to do. He knows that, you know, they're not going to be committing dumb turnovers. And in fact, Carlisle even talked for like a minute and a half today about how they're traveling too much. And, you know, they have to, you know, especially Luca has to figure out how to, oh, how to uh, stop stop traveling on the catch. And, you know, it's, it's just like it's almost like an old man rant. But, you know, that's that's Carlisle for you for, for you. And, and, you know, he's just, you know, he, he hates that stuff. He just hates it. You know, unforced turnovers are, are maybe the thing that he, he dislikes most, you know, maybe other than like Tim McMahon or, or even me, journalist. In general. Uh. <laughs> Yeah, uh, but uh, but no, I think they'll I think they'll be fine in that department overall. Maybe you know definitely tick down a little bit, but but I think you know it's still going to be a pretty uh, safe uh, offense in, in some ways. How the hell did this team get to be as good defensively as they were last year? I mean, when you look at the personnel with Dirk, rookie point guard Dennis Smith, a bunch of small guards playing together, no real wing stopper, no real rim protector last year either. But yet, you know, pretty much middle of the pack in terms of defense. How the hell do they do it? And, you know, what are the odds for that continuing or even improving this year with the addition of Jordan, you know, Dirk not playing as much, a little, little bit more experience from Smith? Man, I've, I've been asking myself that all offseason, you know, all, all of last season too. I, I never really quite got what they're doing. You know, I, I, get, I think the one thing I can say for them is, is you know, both both turnovers, you know, they, they kept the turnovers low. There wasn't a lot of, you know, just open court leak outs. And, and you know, they, they, they kept that down to a to a degree. Um, and their bench was just really solid. You know, I, I think it's, it's weird but Carlisle is one of those coaches that just gets a lot out of his role players and and you know just really gives them defined systems and, and roles and you know when when they're in uh you know five-man units like sometimes they can they just completely over over exceed expectations you saw that with um one lineup one bench lineup that was the second best lineup in the entire league right behind Philly's starting five which was a uh, Berea Devin Harris Yogi Ferrell Dirk Nowitzki and Dwight Powell and that that had the second best net rating in the entire league for some reason for for you know i still don't quite understand that but you know it wasn't just the fact that they were good offensively they they held their own defensively and i think that you know between having you know uh dwight powell being a decent switch guy and being able to kind of contain people and overall just you know the, the fact that they, they they played you know they played well offensively they played safe they didn't turn it over and they got back and and you know played their little wacky zone defense sometimes that that carla loves going to here and there um and they just got it done it's weird i, I don't know i don't i don't have like a like a definitive answer for you uh because it's weird to me too that they were i think 17th overall in defensive rating um but but i but i do think that uh you know especially with the role players carlo just knows how to get them play smart and play together and i think that does go a long way uh in, in terms of coaching this is a bit of a non-sequitur you mentioned Farrell. what the hell happened with him he was supposed to come back and then he ended up uh, in sacramento for like very slightly more money which the mavs easily could have paid him i mean i think that would have been a good contract for them uh what was, was the story there that that was an odd one um, I, I think the the biggest thing, the, the most the thing I heard most often about that is just that his agent is uh, you know not great, not professional, just has just isn't really a guy who uh, who can be trusted. You know, I, I believe that Yogi is is one of his only players, and maybe his only players. Uh, and and something.
something to do with his, his dad really yogi's dad really pushing uh for him having that agent so i think i think some of it was weird agent shenanigans and, and beyond that i don't have uh you know it's it was it was a very odd situation that that doubt the i mean it surprised dallas too they 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 I mean they have they had him verbally agreed to and then they you know they, they had no clue anything wrong until the following day um so well, well wasn't it at one point and my memory on this is a little hazy but like didn't he like the reported salary that he had agreed to is like less than the qualifying offer at one point which which really made right. no sense at all right uh, it was something to do with that in, in the sense that that he turned down the qualifying or, or or you know he agreed to a two-year deal when he could have taken the qualifying and the two-year uh, to the, the two-year deal that he could have taken um or, or at first agreed to take was slightly less um you know overall it was obviously more but but in the first year it was you know about 0.3 million less or something like that um but again he shouldn't have agreed to it you know which is an agent thing uh you know he shouldn't have agreed to it in the first place and second of all it really felt like dallas could have matched had they wanted to they could have gone up you know a little bit they had enough room to do that and so yeah i mean they, they, they had his yeah. cap hold like the, there's no reason right. that they couldn't right. have just paid him more and kept him around and i think they're actually gonna miss him this year and he was you know uh, he added a shooting element that i think they really needed off the bench maybe broke off can fill that a little bit but like i i think he was actually an important player for them i, I would prefer him over devin harris next year definitely but yeah you know so well and, and devin harris you you gotta have him play the three in apparently you know the best lineup in the nba guy it's really <laughs> it's just yeah sometimes you just it's just like absolutely head scratching so uh anything that jumps out to you uh here as a big problem for these guys a, a big weakness uh that that shooting is is concerning to me you know I, like i said i think they're going to get a lot of quality threes and you know can jj brea hit enough of them can devin harris hit enough of them can you know dennis smith he's going to have a ton of open threes will, will he hit enough of them you know i, th- I think that's going to be a, a pretty big question because you know otherwise you know I, I think this team will get plenty of them i think they'll probably once again set a record you know a team record for three-pointers you know as as they have been several times over the past few years you know as, as most teams have been um but but I, I don't know if they can knock them in enough um the other question is is that they were you know one of the reasons that people are high on the mavericks that they think are going to be way over the over under and i know we're, we're going to talk like records in a second but is that they were they were 12 and 38 in clutch which is just a, a horrible horrible record you know much under where, where most teams perform um you know i expect the team to be better there but but maybe because they don't have a finisher maybe because they don't have you know one person who's established in that area late in games to go to you know maybe they are just bad at closing clutch games and, and that could be a problem you know as, as uh, over a season you know i, I don't really buy that to a to a degree obviously it helps having an isolation player and, and harrison barnes uh can can be that to some degree i think you know clutch performance is definitely a little bit overrated um but but you know maybe the team's just bad at closing games and, and that's going to continue to hurt them this year and that would definitely be a problem yeah and i think uh for the Mavs as well late in games I mean Doncic while I think he's going to be a wonderful player against conventional pick and roll defense when teams go to more switching at the end of games especially at this point in his career I'm not sure that he's going to be capable of beating uh some of the best defenders uh, one-on-one Smith you know I'm not quite sure that he's there in terms of his craft either you know he's he's not good at those mid-range pull-ups that you have to take a lot of times in those situations maybe they can go Barnes uh, again uh, potentially but you know, I, I don't think he's particularly elite at, at that either. Um, and, and this is a stat I wanted to get out there. Liam pulled 
this one too uh they underperformed their net rating the Mavs did by 8.7 wins last year uh so had the the point differential of a 33 win team only 124 and that is the second worst a team has ever been in the fi- last 15 years uh wow the only other team do you know the uh, the team the one team that performed worse it's a, it's a relatively well-known team in like nba uh sort of worse. blogosphere yeah that that had an even mm. worse uh record relative to their point differential in the last 15 years it's an oh, it's I'm not sure. a mavs team <laughs> i'm sure but, but it was saying. a i'm trying to rack my yeah. brain uh the 13 14 minnesota timberwolves oh. the year before kevin love got traded i think they had a 48 win uh or 49 win differential and ended up winning 40 and then you know love obviously ended up getting traded after that i think i um, think i think the mavericks played them once and had a really controversial kevin love basically got fouled on a three-pointer they didn't call it and they lost by a point i remember i think that happened that year but but yeah no i, yeah. I remember that team as well yeah um so and then every other season with carlisle as coach except for one when they were even uh they have actually outperformed their point differential i mean and going back to you know when you talked about this team the championship season and the year afterwards and even before that you know they were always well above their weight and so i think when you talk about tanking uh and certainly rick has found that pretty abhorrent i think he is probably though the that's the greatest evidence that like coaches will actually can get involved in taking as well and just you know not necessarily play the right combinations down the end uh or you know play uh aaron harrison 48 minutes in the last game of the season i'm gonna be <laughs> talking about that moment. one for a while a legendary yeah. moment in nba history <laughs> yeah i think he actually started that game out pretty well uh and then you know once he had to play uh his 40th through 48th minutes <laughs> really, really kind of faded i mean i think they yeah, were i, I want to say over- they were actually they were up at halftime of that game and then just got completely blitzed in the in the second half it was great yeah that's that sounds right I, I did not pay much attention down the end of the that the end of the the second half of that maverick season so <laughs> it's, it's hard um, it's hard to watch so uh key questions you're looking at for here with the Mavs, and we've, we've hit on a bunch of them but maybe not even that's going to determine success but just like you know what are you just most interested to see about this team this year it might be a better way to ask it it's it's definitely luca you know i, I want to see exactly yeah. how how good he is you know I, I think that you know he's by far the most intriguing person on the on the roster you know i'm, I'm interested to see how Dirk does in his final, you know, likely fi- final season. I'm interested to see if Dennis takes a jump, but I think Luca by far is, you know, it's just going to be fascinating to see whether he whether he does push for, you know, he's, he seems like the overwhelming favorite for Rookie of the Year right now. I think that's, you know, a, a fair, you know, guess and a fair expectation for him, you know, especially from what we've seen in preseason. He's going to be really solid. You know, it, can can he be a, you know, 38% shooter behind the arc? Is he going to be more down in like 32, 33? You know, is, is he going to, is he going to hit 15 points or is he going to be down at around 12 points per game somewhere there? You know, can he lead the team in assists I've, I've had maverick staffers tell me that you know they're pretty confident he's going to lead the team in assists but you know he's, he's been pretty low in those areas of preseason for whatever that's worth so i think there's just a lot of questions about his game but 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 good ones you know like good questions just to see you know how good this kid actually is because everybody's really excited about him you know that they, they think that he's you know going to be the, the one of these cornerstones that the, the, the team has for a decade but you know i think i think it's it's an exciting time to see exactly how good he is yeah i mean to me pretty much all of this stuff that happens this year is window dressing for the Mavs future except just how good do Dennis Smith and Luka Doncic look uh yeah. it, it, and I mean because they're really and, and then you know Barnes is a really interesting 
interesting case too i mean it, you know he was signed to this max contract but he could be a free agent this offseason you know is he going to be a part of their future going forward that's he, an interesting he will question probably opt into his contract i i would i would i think he, i think oh, yeah? 24 million yeah i i would be hard pressed huh. most most people i talk to think that you know he's not going to get that money on the market so so probably just going to re-up for a year i could see it going both ways but but i early on i, I thought he would opt out lately i'm, I'm thinking he's going to opt in yeah i mean and we always can be guilty too of kind of skewing too far towards like what the last market was and you know nba teams fall into this category too you know if if this were 2016 you know it would be like hey oh he's easily going to get that uh right. for multiple years and then you know if it, it were you know obviously last offseason if it were going to be last offseason again this offseason you would say yeah for sure he's going to opt in but yeah be interesting to see what kind of a year he has you know as potentially now the third option and sort of in this he's in this mid-career prime phase but maybe not a part of things so maybe they're not going to emphasize him as much it, it sounds like so it, it will be interesting to see where he he ends up but he still you know is a guy who can play a role and fit in on basically any team you know maybe not at an elite level and he's shown that that isolation ability in dallas as well so uh, maybe he uh i think i'd put that one at about 50 50 we'll see i mean there's going to be a lot more space out there this season but certainly if he opts in and then gets back onto the market in 2020 there'll be likely even more space out there in 2020 with all that terrible 2016 money uh coming off the books um all right time here for prediction uh i will go first their over under is what 34 and a half let me look this up yeah yeah. yeah so i think are you, are you i gonna, went are you gonna change your prediction from uh i know I, for, I know you went under on the on the over under pod i heard that no i i don't see any reason to do that it, it just kind of seems it um this just doesn't feel like a team that i mean even with the point differential last year being you know a 33 win team it just i wanted to believe in them and then there's just there's just something about it like man you're just playing two rookies or i mean smith is almost a rookie basically in that big of a role and i just you know i'm not quite sure that this team can get there in terms of like knowing how to win you know you could even see uh you know i guess a lot depends on deandre too of whether they can actually stop anybody you know i i don't think they're gonna be that good defensively but you know carlisle has done some miracles in the past uh no i think i will go under but as i said on the pod i was not a huge believer in that under um you know and, and i i'm very tempted to change but i think i will uh stick with it so I, i'm gonna go with uh the 34 wins this year for the match gotcha. see i'm uh I, I've, I've bounced around a little bit kind of in the same range uh i'll, I'll say 40 I'll say 40 wins um and I, I, that, I that would be a nice improvement for them it, it would be it would i mean it'd be a 16 wins you know obviously when you consider their expected win loss was 33 you know that's only about seven wins and you're adding two new starters i, I keep trying to like think through every scenario and talk myself down because I don't, you know, I'm, I know I'm a Dallas, you know, a Dallas guy. I don't want to come across as, as you know, just another home. Uh, but, but I, I really think that, you know, if you think that last year's team was, you know, low 30s, not not low 20s, then then I do think that they've added, you know, at least five, you know, five wins to this team. You know, maybe six. You know, I've just seen Carlisle take so many awful rosters, and you know, almost, you know, like I, I remember, I think back to 2014 when he almost upset the uh, the, the title winning Spurs uh, in the first round with uh, with Dewan Blair. So yeah you know it's just like, an underrated series historically that was a wonderful series i mean they were almost like i think it was was it vince carter who had like a corner three that could yeah. have put the mavs up three one in that series uh it was that was a game three game winner uh that did win the game and i think if i remember right they were uh so they're tied one one that put them up 
2-1 and they could have won game one they had like a 10 point lead and didn't score in the final six minutes and so you could have argued that they, they would have been up 3-0 if, if they oh, had okay. game one and everything else had played out uh, alright so, well yeah you know, apparently it's underrated like that, but, apparently it's yeah. underrated in my mind too because I uh, didn't remember <laughs> it accurately uh, but yeah I mean I, I, there's there are a lot of factors that play with this team too I mean I'm just uh, what I keep getting back to is I just can't believe that a team with young players in this big of a role and especially with young players as you know they are the team you know they kind of brought these other guys in they brought in deandre the party line is oh this is like you know a dress rehearsal for both sides to see if they want to have a long-term relationship well you know with a 31 year old center how much are they going to pay him after this i I always kind of wondered about that but you know i mean with the emphasis is going to be on smith and Doncic this year and with that being the case i I think you can only win at so high of a level uh when when that's the case especially when we're talking about young players here as well so that's what ultimately i mean i i really like these players i like carlisle but i just i go back to all right i don't want to bet on and i think 34 wins is fine for this team i wouldn't be disappointed if they got there but right to just say all right with young players unproven players in that big of roles can you really believe in them uh and, yeah. and then i think you know with Doncic and smith out there playing big minutes i i really question their defense too no that's that's fair that's fair i i wonder i i often wonder how much of an apparition last year's defenses you know it didn't seem like they had a you know middle of the pack defense and the idea that deandre could improve that is is seems a little bit uh you know out there for me i think that you know if jordan can keep it about there you know 15 16 17 18 and in, in defensive rating i think that would be you know just a, a huge improvement but uh and and it does it does worry me that that dennis and, and luca you know it does it is a concern that those players are so young uh i guess the, the way i kind of convince myself into still believing in them is that you know obviously luca is a professional uh has has played at you know know a, a, a level yeah. much higher than than college yeah for, maybe know, like he's just special now. right right and and I, I think dennis also there, there's a lot of expectations around dallas I, I i've actually been trying to you know walk people back on on predicting dennis you know as a 20 point scorer or something like that because i don't think he'll be that even though a lot of people are, are are convinced but but i do think he'll be better you know i do think that some of his struggles last year were more system based and role based than just you know mentality just not being good enough and and i think i, I don't know if he's going to be a you know a a, a player that's going to get you you know tons and tons of wins but but i think that he can be a lot better than the bad basketball player he was um just because you know he does have a bit of room to improve even to get to average so you know i i go back and forth on it but but i, I think that you know i i still see this team as, as a team that has got better from where i think they should have been last year and and given that I, it's hard for me not to give them at least a few wins off you know their expected win loss total yeah you're pretty close to convincing me but i'm uh like my heart wants to believe I'll put it that way because I love Doncic I, I love Smith Carlisle is awesome um and, and I guess the, the other reason I have for a little bit of pessimism is just you know the lack of depth on the wing uh you know I think Dirk is still an important player for these guys uh, it, it's looking like you know even if he can get back that them getting much out of him is uh a little dubious uh, this season and in, in what's looking like it's going to be his final season um and you would imagine will be for sure if he struggles with injuries all years um yeah, sure. you know I think they're going to miss Farrell you know I'm not sure that like you know you could see Berea and Harris just completely falling off a cliff and, and being totally ineffective at their size and age and so you know I, I'm worried about basically you know the one through three positions off the bench in addition to you know can Smith and Doncic play winning basketball but uh, enough for uh prevaricating here how much uh do you see them winning in their best case scenario 
Uh, I'll say about 43 wins. So, you know, three more than than where I more or less see them at. You know, I, I don't think that they have a massively high ceiling. Obviously, you have to remember they're in the Western Conference. So it's just it's just brutal. You know, there's not a lot of, you know, easy games that, that they can steal from, you know, bottom feeding teams. Um, so, you know, even if everything goes right, I, I still see them not much over 500. Yeah, I usually like to think about these as like, okay, what are my best case scenarios for them in terms of offense and defense? Well, defense, I mean, they were playing Dirk at center a large part of the year last year uh they still managed to make it to 17th they added deandre in theory they could be better right you know so maybe i don't see them getting to top 10 by any means but you know they could be 14th or 13th or something in defense and then could they get you think they could get to average offensively i mean they're they're coming from yeah if you have like a rookie of the year luca then then yeah yeah, maybe and you're always you know you have 48 minutes of of really good role uh, rim runners on the floor at all times you know I, i could see them being average on that capacity yeah yeah so i mean i could see them possibly getting to 45 wins i mean that's that's you know pie in the sky but realistically maybe if Doncic and smith can just take that much of a leap forward and you got some shooting around them and and the bench guys don't fall off and i like their their big rotation reasonably well so that's what i see what do you see as a, a worst case scenario for these guys i'll say uh i'll say 35 wins you know i think that's so still still over just by you know a half game uh in, in terms of that that over wow but, the worst you know. case scenario is still over wow yeah yeah you, i mean hey you, uh, you're uh you're a very special homer you're not just another homer you're <laughs> <laughs> I, know, um, I know i know yeah well i mean, I mean it's, I, it's worse you know, for listening your case you know obviously not not yeah, injuries I, and, and things like that but sure sure well i mean you've you've seen Doncic up close you know a lot more than uh, we have and you've talked to people you trust in the organization and i mean it seems like a lot of this is just uh, your optimism is just a bet on how good he's going to be is, is that fair to say and, and and a lot of it is again like i i see last year's team as a 33 win team i think that is yeah you yeah know, essentially what they were and i think that they've lost a little bit and added more than that and so you know even you know even if things go wrong you know i, I find it hard to believe a team that added two more starters who are much better than the starters they're replacing you know won't win a you know a game more than they they would have won last year maybe two games more so maybe i'll say 34 we'll say 34 is is the uh is the worst realistic case scenario where they only improve by one game off what they probably would have won last year if they were not yeah i i love when i convince people that's that always that always <laughs> makes the, the, the lawyer and me feel good <laughs> yeah just incredibly uh incredibly persuasive uh i'm gonna go all the way down at 28 wins uh just and the reason that i say that is the top five protected pick that they have out there to the hawks now i realize that the party line is oh yeah we're we want to we want to lose that pick this year memphis is saying the same thing well yeah you can say that but when you get into the end of february and you're the ninth seed in the lottery and it's possible especially this year when there's a lot of teams that can kind of jump up or maybe even you can jump up you know from like the seventh position or the sixth position uh all of a sudden it becomes a lot more interesting to tank again and we know that they are very effective (laughs) at at tanking uh with this team so when they really try to so that's part of why i say that it could you know guys just get shut down at the end if they're right on the borderline there uh and that, uh, uh I, I heard aaron harrison is still available i believe he's on the market so uh <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, I mean, some of the guys that they've signed at the end of these seasons has been pretty incredible. And also worth noting here, I noted this last year, this is not necessarily relating to the Mavs, but the tanking opportunities are so much better now with two-way contracts because now you can That's play fair. guys 13 through 17 on your roster instead of guys 11 through 15 and so yeah. that's like you can really just make sure all right, we're gonna have no effective nba players out here at all uh when you really want to try and tank i mean i think that's the two ways really especially once the g league season ends and they're not subject to that 45 day limit anymore that you can really like just go for it i mean that's why some of the basketball we saw last year was the worst it had ever been and, and also just because all those teams were kind of lined up and it was the last year of the old lottery system but uh so i mean that's the biggest reason i say that and you know you know maybe smith just can't take a step forward and maybe Doncic has the same rookie struggles that everyone else does and then you know who do you have on this team if those guys aren't like actual good players you know it's looking pretty barren yeah maybe deandre the, the gets I, traded or bought out exactly yeah i don't think it's impossible the team would, would tear down a tiny bit like i said maybe maybe with wes matthews at, at the trade deadline sure I, you know deandre possibly you know i, I think they're so committed that the, their mindset is so uh you know we're gonna win games and and also they want to they want to put up a good front for uh they want to get up put up a good sales pitch for any free agents that they're going to be pursuing um so they, they really want to win games for that reason so you know at least being you know maybe a 35 win is more 35 34 win team is more appealing than you know a, sure. a 28 27 so there's a lot of reasons that that they feel like they have to uh to push for it and, and they've convinced me that they're not going to tank um obviously i'm i'm like 95 percent sure that they they won't consider doing that you know if, if things go wrong but you know i i could be wrong and i, I don't think getting another you know getting another top five pick would be you know huge for this team because they do still have a talent deficit that you know they they hope they're going to feel in free fill in free agency but you know in, in historically that's that's not been something they've been able to do so you know I, I don't think it's impossible or that it would be the worst thing ever but uh but they've they've essentially convinced me that that's not on the table and, and because of that I'm, I'm pretty high on their on their low on their worst case yeah i mean i don't think they're thinking about it at the beginning of the season like that wasn't the my implication at all it's just that okay if you're kind of just not having a successful season you want to and you get to february and you know you're kind of you know you're just not going anywhere then maybe the things can shift you know more than that it's like oh they're they're not going to tank at the start of the year they want to be good but maybe they just won't it would would definitely make more sense you know in in that scenario for for them to tank um you know i I wonder if if they would you know even even though it makes the most sense i I wonder if they would is is essentially the question i have that that carlisle is is so anti-tanking and that cuban is is so you know uh moralistic about this stuff that you know he'll do it one time but that's it you know in, in his words that's it mavericks fans you know we're not going to do it anymore you know the, the whole cuban spiel um you know I, I think that you know donnie nelson might push for it you know but but you know it's it's very much a a front office that kind of has uh three factions and three voices and they coexist pretty well but you know if, if two if two people are saying one thing uh, it's it's pretty easy for them to overrule the the third guy in there maybe advocating for the the smarter basketball um so it just just kind of depends depends on on how that plays out i i, I would be surprised to see it and you know i, I think that they will be good enough that it, it won't really come up but but yeah we'll, we'll see all right well i've kept you longer than i wanted to uh, again we seem to be doing that a lot but these are <laughs> some fascinating teams here <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, that little that little calendar invite I send that says it's only going to be an hour. Yeah, that's uh, that's wishful thinking. Uh, so, but but thanks again. We appreciate it. And uh, where can everyone keep up with your work uh, before we go here? Yeah, it's uh, my, my Twitter's at tim underscore cato, and then obviously theathletic.com. I'm, I'm sure everybody knows knows about that. All, all your listeners know about that at the, at this point. But yeah, I'm a uh, beat writer for the Mavericks. I'll be doing some uh, NBA, you know, more national NBA features here and there throughout the season. So yeah, just just keep keep an eye out for that stuff. Yeah, the athletic.com uh slash cap space uh good way to sign up uh for the athletic and and check it out uh thanks again tim we we appreciate it and looking forward to uh you're gonna be out in golden state this year uh at least once maybe twice so yeah i'll see you out there awesome man can't can't wait to uh get a a drink and perhaps a beverage uh but only one i'm a married man now so Uh, (laughs) we know that married men don't drink anymore i guess uh all right uh catch you later dude it's in your vows you got to give it up (laughs) (laughs) all right thanks again at bet 365 we don't do ordinary we believe that every sport should be epic every basket every game every point every play from the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar whether it's a three-pointer at the buzzer to tie the game or a player that goes two for two at the foul line Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply.